I'll go Dolphins at one, Buffalo at two, the Jets at three, and then the Patriots at four. That would be my order as well, to be honest. Uh, I would go Dolphins, then Buffalo, then New England, then the Jets. You hate the Jets <laughs> as much as you hate the Commanders. <laughs> no, that's not possible. He said he loved the Jets. He just said he loved the Jets like two seconds ago. Then he's like, I want no, them to win because they I haven't t- won many I took games. the I took the under on the Jets. I took the under on the Jets. The G'day Gridiron pick for the AFC East Divisional winner is the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, it's unanimous too, so it's a very, very tricky area there. <laughs> How about we move on to the NFC East, boys? Let's Brad. do it. We're going to have to put our foot to the gas. Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh. Brad, Brad we, do you yeah. want to kick, kick us off with the Cowboys then? I would love to kick us off with America's favorite team. Actually, the world's favorite team, the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry, I'm a little bit of a homer. Um, but truthfully, I, I think on paper, this is the best Cowboys team in 20 years uh, on paper. So um, I think what will be interesting is the decision to move on from Kellen Moore. And so now Mike McCarthy and Brian Schottenheimer are running the offense. So that is going to be really exciting. Dak has called it the Texas Coast offense, a derivative of the West Coast offense. So it'll be real interesting. I think whatever happens – uh, you're not going to see Dak be nearly as aggressive. It's going to be a more simple offense. The the one thing that concerns me about their offense is they they say they sound like they want to lean more towards running the ball and that type of thing, but they don't really have the horses for it. I mean, I mm. I, I I worry about that. You've uh, got Tony Pollard coming off a major injury, but they don't have the depth at running back um to to be able to do that your ronald jones is now going to be out for two games uh, they signed malik davis they drafted deuce vaughn but still those guys they don't move the needle um, you, think, you think if they were if they wanted to focus on running they would have kept zeke and i know yeah he, his, right. production, his production was down but in terms of red zone hmm. red zone running he was brilliant yeah yeah right so mm-hmm. so i worry a little bit about that that aspect. Everything else I think is going to be fantastic. I'm not too worried about losing Dalton Schultz at tight end. They, they've drafted Schoonmaker um, out of Michigan, although he's battling some foot problems right now in camp. But I'm, I'm not worried about that. They're, they're I think getting Cooks. Uh, Cook on as the other wide receiver is going to add some great speed, uh, which they have not had. So um, uh I think they'll. I think they'll be okay. Um, their defense, they've got a chance. I think they're odds-on favorite to be the best defense in the league, in my opinion. I think Mark Micah Parsons. Uh, we'll wait and see about moving him to because they're talking about now him being more of a full-time rusher um, as opposed to a linebacker, which. I, th- I think it could, could, could go well, but I always like the fact that it's unpredictable where he's going to line up. We don't know what, what you're going to do with him. I love drafting Mazzy Smith, the big mm. nose tackle out of Michigan in the first round. They signed Stephon Gilmore. So <clears throat> they've got two lockdown corners now, they, and they've, they've got a, a just a space eater in the middle. 
So I and I love Dan Quinn as coordinator. So I'm I'm excited. I think at worst they're a top ten defense. At best they're the number one defense in the league. Right. Excellent. Mm. Manja, any yeah. thoughts on the on the Cowboys? Yeah. Look, if I have to be honest here, uh, that Brandon Cooks trade was massive. The Stephon Gilmore trade was massive. This is a team where Jerry Jones. I feel like. As much criticism as as you give him, Brad. Of of course, you have to give Jerry Jones criticism. <laughs> this is a team that's failed to to perform to expectations for a long, long time, almost thirty years now, where they've failed to get out of divisional round. And I mm. think Jerry Jones knows that. I think when we're talking about the hot seat, I think his seat is actually one of the hottest in the NFL. And I know he's an owner and he can't fire himself, but look. He's still up there. He's he's accountable for these messes, and he knows that. And he's getting all the guys in, and I think this is going to put more pressure on one man, and actually two men. Actually, I'll put out there: head coach Mike McCarthy and quarterback Dak Prescott. I think those two men have the most pressure on them this season on the Dallas Cowboys mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because look, your coach and your quarterback have to absolutely get it right, Brad. I think I think you guys really need Dak. Prescott to not turn the ball over as much as he has. As much as I love Dak Prescott and think, you know, I even have a water bet going on with the fantasy boys that he should be a top 10 fantasy football quarterback. But (laughs) even then, you know, even as much as I'm defending Dak, I do have to acknowledge that he did have a ton of interceptions last year. I think he led the league in interceptions despite missing six games. It was that bad. Like, Prescott really needs – he needs to limit those turnovers 100%. With Lamb, Cooks, Gallup as a receiving core, tight end, you know, you got Schoenmaker and Ferguson out there, Hendershot there. There's a few quality tight ends. Of course, Pollard can catch passes out the backfield. Look, I don't think there's any excuses now for Dak Prescott. He's got great O-line as well, great weapons. I I just think, in my opinion, Dak Prescott has to get absolutely everything right this year for the Dallas Cowboys. There is no ifs, ands, or buts. This guy, the pressure's on him, pressure's on Mike McCarthy. If they fail again, I'm calling for Mike McCarthy's head. Like, I think he'd have the hottest seat. I, I, I just don't think they can continue to reward him. If they don't get to at least a conference championship game, they have enough talent there to get to the conference championship game. If they don't, Mike McCarthy has to go. That yeah, is just plain sure. and simple. For sure. I agree with that. I was going to say the same thing. I don't think, I think it's Mike McCarthy who's on, on that hot seat more than Dak. I don't think Dak's going anywhere, regardless of what happens. I think it's going to be all about McCarthy. So let's, um, let's have a quick look. Their over under is set currently at nine and a half. Their schedule, they start with the Giants, then they've got the Jets, the Cardinals, the Patriots. Uh, early bye, or early to, to late, uh, sort of middle of October bye, not too bad. Run home, uh, last five, Eagles, Bills, Dolphins, Lions, Commanders. Nine and a half. Brad, we'll, we'll, what do you reckon? Quick, real quickly, nine and a half, over, under. I'm definitely taking the over. I'm a believer in this season's Cowboys. I'm a believer. I'm definitely taking the over. I think they're going to get 12 wins. Major? Oh, come on, man. The over is like the easiest choice, I would say. 
out of all of these, like we've done, the, they're going to smash that over. It, I said the Dolphins were going to smash it over. I think I think the Dallas Cowboys going to smash, smash their over. Double smash. Yeah. Double smash. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd put them in the same ballpark that Brad did. 12 wins, 13 wins, somewhere up there. The NFC is so weak this year that I think Dallas is going to come up there and just really take over, try and, try and really get get out there, you know, try and contend for that title. That's what I'm trying to say. I'm going to go against both of you. I'm going to say under because I think it's only going to be nine. Whoa. Okay. Wow. I like wow. it. In this division, in this division against the NFC West as well, I think and the, and the AFC uh, East, I think it's only going to be nine. All right. And I, think, and I think you'll be looking at a new head coach this time next season, Brett. Uh, that wouldn't disappoint me greatly. I mean, John. Move us on. Commanders. Oh, what can I talk about the commanders? Look, there's a lot of there's a lot going on there. They just got a new owner. They may change their team name once again. It, it's just been a shit show. Like really <laughs> that's like, real. That's, that, that is you really like the pipes in the stadium? Yeah, <laughs> literally like the pipes in the fucking stadium. We just like drain the shits out there. Sorry, I'm getting to the swearing there, but Look, that's just how much disdain I kind of have for them because they've wasted some great careers over the past decade or so. Like some of my favorite NFL players play for that franchise and then they just absolutely wasted them just being like absolute garbage. Like that, that's just why I don't like them. But anyway, I digress. Going on to this year's Washington Commanders. Look, biggest question mark, 100%. You got to start quarterback. Like, their quarterback options, you're looking at starter Sam Howell at the moment, according to ESPN. Second string, you've got Jacoby Brissett. Third string, you've got Jake from State Farm as their first stringer. So that's going to be really, really tough to really decide <laughs> who's going to be the best out of them. Now, running back, I think they got solid guys there. Wide receiver, they've got a lot of talent there. But the quarterback's got to throw them the ball. That's just a thing. Yeah. Like, if they have the absolute worst quarterback play, guys like Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson are absolutely going to get wasted on that offense. I, I just don't believe in that offense at all, even though I love some of the guys they have. I mean, I just said, like, McLaurin, Dotson, running backs, they got Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson. Like, they're, they're good there. And then, like, O-line's kind of decent. They're not really as good as they used to be, but... I think they're still pretty decent, I would say, maybe bottom half of the league in O-line. And then defense, I think, is pretty stacked in the front seven. I mean, looking like one to four on that defensive line, you've got Chase Young, Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, Montez Sweat. That's a solid starting defensive line. And as some of the guys that can rotate through there, that that's actually pretty good too. Yeah. So I think they're pretty loaded down the defensive line. The defense, think, their defense know, is stacked, but they've got no offense to win a, to win a game. That's the it. Defense yeah. can that's keep them in a game, and, but they've got no offense to keep them in a game. And I love. We've talked about it on a previous podcast where we we had a stake bet. I love Terry McLaurin, and I think he's going to get a lot of production out of this from this offense because apart from him and Jahan Dodson, there's there's that's it. Uh, you know, and you might see a bit of. Brian Robinson Jr., but that's about it, yeah. But it's still Sam Howe 
it's still Jacoby Brissett. I can't I can't believe in that totally. And I just for me, yeah, the defense might keep you in a game, but you've got no offense to win a game. So let's move on from the commanders anyway. So let's look at their over under. We no one wants to talk about the commanders. Brad definitely doesn't, so we're not gonna I'm not gonna ask you anything. Amen. Uh, I'm over, taking yeah. uh their their over under is seven and a half. I'm taking the under. I knew you would. Uh, oh, <laughs> uh, come on, man. And um look, they've got a they've got a stack schedule. There's a Van jo- they have a stack schedule. They start off yeah. in theory easily against the Cardinals, who are down a quarterback. So and then you've got the Broncos, who we don't know who they are yet under Peyton. But then they've got the Bills, the Eagles, the Bears, who are turning into a powerhouse. Um, the Falcons, maybe, yes, no. Giants, Eagles, Patriots again. Seattle, Giants, Cowboys, Dolphins. It's fucked. That that schedule is absolutely fucked. And I can see why it's at seven and a half. And I'm, I'm unsure why it's not lower. So I am 100% it taking the under. I'm taking it. Oh, it should be lower. It I, should be lower. I think the only game... the franchise with, with the, the number one pick in the 2024 draft. Yeah. Damn the Cardinals. Damn all the Cardinals, I would say. Look, the only games I can see them possibly winning are the Cardinals, maybe the Bears, and then the Falcons. Like, that's it. I, I don't even think they can, like, be around three wins. They might steal a win from someone, say, like, I don't know, the Broncos, maybe, if they still suck on offense, who knows, like, what, I don't know, like, no, the Rams. You can't, you can't like, even, you, some, you can't even make some, up anything for a manager. That's the thing. You can't. And it's yeah, just. I think, I, I think seven this, and a half is way high. Like, this, that the, is the, a mess. The commanders in 23 are basic. We're going to be looking at what the Broncos were in 22. And I honestly think that's that. it. But but less prime time games, less high. Less prime time. Like, thank God, no less prime time games. But it's going to be defense keeping scores low, so really low close, low scoring close gap losses. Essentially, is what they're going to end up having. These are going to be six and nine games. It's going to be garbage to watch. Um, and thankfully, we we won't be doing it that much. Right, I'm going to move on yeah. to <laughs> to the Philadelphia Eagles, the Super Bowl runner up, Philadelphia Eagles. So what can we say about the Eagles? I guess after losing the uh, Super Bowl to the Chiefs, the Eagles had to face losing a couple of key members of coaching staff in terms of Shane Steichen and Jonathan Gannon. So they both went on to head coaching roles. Steichen at the Colts job, Gannon at the Cardinals. Um, It's taken a bit of a gamble at OC, though, and signed Brian Johnson to lead Jalen Hurts and co., Johnson's only really called plays in college, so that's a bit of a a bit of a worry on that side. But he does walk into a job with one of the biggest banks of talent on offense in the league, so the transition would should hopefully be seamless. But if there is a struggle at the beginning of the season, you could probably look out for a lot of noise from Philadelphia faithful. Uh, the defense obviously was a standout in the league last season, nearly breaking the NFL record for sacks with seventy but they've had to suffer some losses from that team because you can't keep everybody, unfortunately. It's just the way the league is. So most notably, they they lost defensive tackle Javon Hargrave. Howie Rosemore did, however, steal the draft and sign Jalen Carter or pick up Jalen Carter. So expect him to start and feature heavily in that offense. Brad, uh, you know these Eagles well as a, as a big Cowboys fan. Do you think that 
head coach Nick Sirianni can cure a Super Bowl hanger or prospective Super Bowl hanger and keep uh, keep these guys on task to get back to their 2022 heights? You know, I, every everything that I've read about him is yes, uh, that he is all about being in the moment. And what's in the past is the past. And and the fact that they didn't get it done um, is going to, I think, make them more hungry. They realize how close they got, but they they know what it takes to to get across that line. So I I think he is the the right guy for the for the job, unfortunately, as a Cowboys fan. (laughs) Um, So, no, I, I like him as a coach and and. I like what they're doing, and uh, I think they're they are going to be the team to beat um, for sure in the NFC, if not the league. Yeah, I Manjot, would you be surprised if they got back to the to the Super Bowl again? Not really. I mean, there's only I'd I'd say the only couple teams that I could really see them stopping that that I can see stopping them would be the Dallas Cowboys and the San Francisco 49ers, maybe even the Minnesota Vikings. I'd put up there as teams have a realistic chance to stop them. But, you know, the Eagles are just stacked all over. The one thing that I would say, just in terms statistics-wise, is that since the Eagles won four division titles from 2001 to 2004, four in a row, since then, no team has won the NFC East two years in a row. And I know... You know, this is history and stuff. There's, you know, they can break the streak and everything. But we're talking about almost 20 years in a row where this division has not been won by the same team twice. Yeah, you were on on this uh, another another point. I think when we another prediction that we had uh, on a previous podcast, you were saying the same same thing. I I was saying, I I think at the time I was like, yeah, I was talking about Dallas's division chances here. Yeah, so you were on the Cowboys to 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 win this division and break that uh, continue that that streak rather of no no team winning twice. Look, I think I think that's really hard to say because I think they're both going to finish with a similar number of wins. I'd even not be surprised if both the Cowboys and the Eagles finished on the same number of wins this year. I just think even though the Eagles are a great team, it's just, you know, it's so hard to win that NFC uh, East like two years in a row. That, yeah. that is hard. It, it's a hard division to break through two years in a row. I think there's a reason why. It's because they play each other so tough. Like this division, so many different rivalries and everything. It's just such a hard division to win twice in a row because everyone's coming at your throat every single time. So look, when you're looking at across the board, I think the Eagles, where they could trip up is towards the end of the season. When you're looking at the schedule after the bye, I think, mm. you know, coming out of the bye, they've got the Super Bowl rematch against Kansas City. Then they got the Bills, who are still a tough team, as we said earlier. Then you got the Niners, then the Cowboys, Seahawks, Giants, Cardinals, Sea uh Giants, sorry, uh, at the end there. So there is a tough eight-game stretch there where I think yeah. the only game you can guarantee is probably the two Giants games and the Cardinals ones. But the the five games after the bye is that big stretch where the Eagles, I think there's a chance they could slip up. Their over-under is at 10.5. Their bye is in week 10. So the first nine games, I could conceivably say... 
for these guys probably out of those first nine, maybe six, seven wins. So Patriots, Vikings, Bucks, Commanders, Rams, Jets, Dolphins, Commanders, Cowboys. You boys, I, I mean, I'd say six or seven. I'd even see them. I could see them win all of them. At like, least. At, at least. At least. At least. Seven. Yeah, I'd say yeah. at least seven. Their toughest. I I would say the Vikings and Dolphins games will be the toughest. But even then, like and the cow, and the, the, I think in the Cowboys right before the bye. I think yeah, they'll go hard I mean, against that one. So yeah, I mean, no offense, Ian, but you know, with the Vikings game, it's in prime time, and Kirk is notorious for struggling. No, in prime don't time. start that with me. You start. I'll, it, it, I will it, rant about it, prime time games. Are you serious? Kirk in prime time look, has look, hardly I, any prime time games. That's why, and yeah, all prime know, time games are against against teams like teams. this, which are good teams, because yeah. that's why it's a fucking prime time game. So obviously the ratio yeah. is going to be less when you play, or the win total is going to be less. Yeah, you play less of them against much better teams. It's just such a dumb argument, yeah. but I do kind of agree. So, but it is second yeah, weekend. Just, I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying with that record, and then. You know, they've got the Dolphins at home as well. There's conceivably, like, they've got the advantages going into the bye where they're they key mm. games that are at home. That's that's what I'm trying to say. It is. I, I agree. And then, yeah. yeah. That, that's, so what, I, that, that's what for, my point is. For me, 10.5, I, I would be over on 10.5. I think you're right. I yeah. agree with you. I think it's going to be 11 or 12. Uh, I think they'll be roughly the same as the Cowboys, and it'll be a shootout with the Cowboys to win the division. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I, taking. I agree. I'm taking the over as well. I think that they're gonna they'll they'll do well. The NFC is just such a weak conference. Yeah, I think well. The majority is your over as well, aren't you, mate? Yeah, I'm e- easily over. Smash that over. I'll I'd say 12, 13 wins. I think two horse race there between the Cowboys and Eagles. Yeah. All right, Brad. You want to bring us home on the New York Football Giants? Yeah, absolutely. So your Giants, um, you know, it's it's going to be real interesting. Obviously, they got their two studs back on offense with Barkley and Jones. And I think it's going to come down to who does Daniel Jones, does, is he going to push himself and try and push himself into that upper echelon, that upper tier of quarterbacks because he's got this money now and he feels like he needs to justify it? Or is he just going to let himself evolve naturally? I think the you saw them have success last year because he didn't turn over the ball, because they played very conservative. Um, if, if he progresses naturally, then I could really see them doing well. But um, I think what my hunch is, what's going to happen is that he's going to um, he's going to try and push it um, beyond what he can do, and you're going to see a lot more turnovers. And it, they're the Giants focus so much on that short and medium passing; they have to extend the ball down the field. And I think you're going to see a lot more turnovers come that uh, with that. And I think teams, you know, Dayball did a really great job as their as their coach. But teams, I think, are just going to start. Um, one thing about the NFL is that when you get that much tape, teams adjust. And I think you're going to see teams adjust. You saw that in the second half. The Giants started lightning hot uh, mm-hmm. last mm-hmm. season. And then they just 
near the back end, they just folded. Obviously, they won the playoff game. We won't talk about that. They did. But... They they failed to adjust. It, that's what they yeah. did. Yeah, yeah, but once teams worked, once teams worked them out, they failed to adjust. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, so, I think the biggest reason for that, Brad, is the depth. They don't mm-hmm. have any depth past their their starters. There's hardly yeah. any any position group there with quality depth. Yeah, and 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 it'll be real interesting to see. I, I'm excited to see how Waller, Darren Waller, they traded for him from uh, from Oak, Oakland, from uh, Las Vegas. <laughs> um, uh, see, it'll be fun to see how he plays into their offense this this year. But I think overall, I think they're going to regress, um, and I don't think they're going to have the success like they did last year. Yeah, man. Just- so I, I, you know, my my question to you guys would yeah. be. Uh, is do you think Daniel Jones is gonna evolve uh, and take him into that net next tier, or do you think he stays the same or or regresses? Yeah, I think out of all four of these teams in the East, I think the Giants are the ones that are the most interesting. I think this is where we're all going to have polarizing opinions on them. <laughs> Now, with the Giants, just looking at them and looking at Daniel Jones, first off, just to answer your question, Brad, I I think Daniel Jones, I mean, he just acquired a few receivers. Like, they just acquired a few receivers for him. Like, Stone Shepard's coming back. Jalen Hyatt got drafted. And I think they could have done more, though, like, trying to get receivers around him. Like, I don't think they've done enough. That's what That was my point about depth, man. I don't see Hyatt and Shepard as quality depth for Hodgins, yeah, I think Slayton, and Campbell. Is going to be good. Yeah, yeah, I think High is going to be good for them if they develop him right. But that's I, the, that's the, mean, that's part of the problem though. They, they yeah, you, you're, that's you're banking on them developing someone to be good. So that's it's not really depth at the moment on on 100%. even on paper. So hundred percent. Hmm. Like Waller was a good splash, but also Waller has had injury concerns himself like yeah you look at him last year unfortunately had a few injuries here and there that that really slowed him down all season and i think you know the raiders i think that was a steal of the trade when you look at waller when he's healthy but his health is a big concern i i just don't believe in daniel jones as a quarterback i think i've said this many times on the show before i just need to see him do it again like I, I just still, there's something in my mind that Daniel Jones last season, that might have been like the best we've seen of him. Like, I don't think mm-hmm. he can repeat that this season, in my opinion, because they haven't really built around him. There's no real receiver, there's no alpha receiver out there. There's no clear number one wide receiver for I mean, him. They, they He's not going to take that lead. They signed Cole He's, Beasley. That's that's the yeah. that's like, a slot receiver. He's like a slot receiver. I know, but they signed Cole Beasley. That, that's like indication of a, of a lack of depth and a lack 100%. of planning. It's just yep. it blows me away. Yeah. Even if you if you really want to get down to it, Daniel Jones is a is a is a running quarterback. He's a rushing quarterback. Yeah. we know he uses mm-hmm. his legs, which means that he is uh, has a high propensity to to injury. And who have they got behind him? Tyrod Taylor. Like you didn't even go for a decent. QB too. Yeah. And looking at stats for Daniel Jones too, he's not a notorious touchdown thrower either. Because if you look at it, 
2019, his rookie season or his first real season playing, he had 24 touchdowns. And that's his highest career mark since then. 2020, he has 11 touchdowns. 2021, 11. Uh, 10. Yeah, 10 in 2021. Last year, he had 15. Like, that's how little Daniel Jones throws it. Even last year when he had arguably his best season, he still only threw 15 touchdowns. He only had... 3,200 yards compared to other QBs who are closest to 4,000 and 3,000. I just don't think Daniel Jones is that big passing quarterback that wins games, to be honest. And that might be because of the team around him not having many wide receivers. But honestly, in my opinion, I just don't think he has as much talent as a lot of the elite quarterbacks. And, and I thought at the time when he got paid, I thought he got overpaid, to be honest. Like, $40 million a year for him was an overpay, in my opinion. I, I just don't think he deserved that kind of money just based off one good season. If anyone, if they had to choose between paying Barkley and paying Jones, I thought Barkley would have been a better, like, choice because I just don't believe Daniel Jones has shown us that he can be that sort of quarterback that is the franchise quarterback. That that That's my two cents of Daniel Jones. I just don't believe in him as a passer. I think that's what's going to hold back this Giants team. I mean, defense is decent. I think, you know, they got Barkley coming back. I think that's decent. They got James Robinson as well recently. So their run game is pretty well built. O-line, they just signed left tackle Andrew Thomas to an extension. They, they've got some decent pieces here and there. They've been, been improving that O-line. In my opinion, it comes down to one man, it's Daniel Jones. And I, I just don't believe him this year. I think we've got to wait another year or two before he really shows it. Mm. And unless, I mean, I'm happy to be proven wrong, but at the moment, I just don't think he's worth what his contract is, to be honest. No, I agree. And, and all the TDs, they're all with Saquon. He got 10 last season. So 10 rushing TDs last season. That's where they all yeah. are. It's because that's what they do. Um, all right. Over under. Let's finish that up with on over under. Eight and a half is their line right now. And so, well, so the big, and this is the big thing in, uh, that uh, I think is huge. They must have pissed off somebody in the NFL schedule making uh, <laughs> division because seven of their first 10 games are on the road. Yeah. And and they play three games in 11 days. And three games in 11 days. That's the start. Of the that's season, insane. Yeah. In the it's, NFL. I know. And they're all on the road. It's just. Yeah. Um, I don't I, I agree with you there. It's. Because the the there was a story that came out that said that for one of the first times I think oh well whatever they both play out of MetLife in terms of the Jets and the Giants and then they're gonna they tried to beef it up saying that they're both gonna have there's not gonna be the neutral NFL logo on the ground anymore they're gonna play yeah. for each of their home games is gonna be their own team franchise one well that's all well and good but that that Jets logo is gonna be on that field a lot but looks mm. because mm. <laughs> you're right they yeah. just don't, they just do not have home games yeah yeah it's crazy it's crazy so i'm uh i'm actually taking the under on, on the giants I, I i'm with you on the regression and i think it's going to be under eight and a half as well i think eight is the conceivable number so i think it's right on the line the, the mm -hmm. line is good but i think it, they're going to be below that line yeah to round it out here 
back to that Daniel Jones point, unless I see something more sustainable in terms of statistics, unless he's lighting the league out with some passing numbers, I, I just think they're going to go under. I, I don't think last year is sustainable. Last year was good. But as Brad said, there's going to be tape on them. There's going to be all these different things on them. And I think, look, it's it's just unsustainable, the football they're trying to play, I think, in this modern NFL. You need that, that passing QB. And I think Daniel Jones, he doesn't have the weapons around him to carry, such as maybe you see like a San Fran where San Francisco may not have that QB, but they have the weapons. Daniel Jones does not have that. So in my opinion, that is what's going to let the Giants down. So they're going to go under eight and a half wins, in my opinion. Yep. All right, well, we did it for the last one. You threw it out there for the last one, man. NFC East, in terms, in terms of um, uh, rankings, I'll give you mine first up. I reckon it would be Eagles, Cowboys, Commanders, Giants. I know Brad would switch yeah. the first two around. <laughs> well, no, I mean, actually, what I what I probably would do, uh, I I still think the no, sorry, I I I fudged myself. Okay, it should be should be Eagles, Eagles, Cowboys, Giants, Commanders, because we did say that okay. Commanders yeah. are going to be hot garbage. Yep. So um, yeah, no, that's fine. I'm just yep. the lesser of two evils are the Giants right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. No. <laughs> Well, I I get it, and and with my heart wants the Cowboys, my head says the Eagles. So I'm actually going the exact same as you. I'm going Eagles, Giants, uh, or sorry, Eagles, Cowboys, Giants, Commanders as well. Major, yeah, for me, for me, pretty much the same all yeah. across the board. I Eagles, thought... Cowboys, Giants, Commanders. That's so. all three of us. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, hey, boys, boys, that is East Week done. The 2023. That's the first of our first of our divisional previews across the compass. So that's East done. AFC East, NFC East. We don't need to talk about them any longer. Uh, no, that's a lie because I'm pretty sure we're going to be talking about the top teams in both of those for a, a big part of the season. So that was good. Probably a bit longer than we really wanted to go, but we'll tighten that up. Uh, we always go a bit long on the first first week of a new a new idea. Yeah. Manjot and I are notorious for it. Last season we had some two and yes. a half hour bangers. So um <laughs> we'll uh, we'll tighten that up for next week for sure. Next week we roll into North Week, AFC North and the NFC North. Some more great conversations about some big teams. Um and I suspect that the NFC North conversation is going to be a great one. And that's just not from me, yeah. the Vikings fan, but in terms of we've seen a lot of media out there at the moment with some crazy rankings for the NFC North, and I can't wait to get our take. And I'm going to put something realistic, something that is actually thoughtful out there into the uh, into the universe so that people can look at it and go, oh, that's what it should be, not what all these crazy NFL media people are putting right now um, with <laughs> the Bears winning the division and dumb shit like that. So yeah. anyway... That's on to next week. For now, uh, thanks, boys. This has been great. Check out the socials at G'day Gridiron on Facebook, Insta, and Twitter. Check out Manjot at Pastry Press NFL. He, of course, will have a whole bunch of stuff on East Week this week. So 
check him out. Plus, he's going to have all kinds of training camp updates uh, and, yeah, anything else that comes out in the NFL uh, world, yeah, and local gridiron yeah. highlights from the oh. flag tournament yes. over the weekend. There's That's my be main those. project right now. That is yeah. going to be so. Definitely check that out if you haven't seen them already. Manjot will have local and uh, local gridiron contact from the flag tournament that he was at over the weekend uh, with ACT Gridiron. So check that out for sure. Uh, make sure if you haven't, if you didn't find your way here via the Fantasy Boys, check out the Aussie NFL Fantasy Podcast as well. They do some great stuff. It is highly entertaining uh, listening every single week. So make sure you check that out. Righto, that's us, boys. We're going to get out of here. This is, whoa, yeah. way too long. All right, see you. Thanks. See ya. See ya. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> How's that for an ending? <laughs>